Our text today is, is from Luke, the fifth chapter. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You know, we all know how to fish, dear friends of Christ, but I want you to imagine the excitement that Peter had when fishing with Jesus and on that day uh, 2,000 years ago, a huge catch of fish. I mean, you know, you and I can't really appreciate it, but they caught so many fish that the Bible says their boats were sinking and they even brought other boats in. Uh, their, their nets were so full. This just doesn't happen. And if you've ever been a fisherman, you understand that. Um, they were in deep water, and when you're fishing in deep water, that's not where you go to catch full nets of fish. It just doesn't happen. You get in the shallows, and there you'll catch them teeming, but you go into the depths, and, and they're not all in one place, and, and uh, apparently it just doesn't happen. But something happened that day. I wonder what possibly could have taken place. They were fishing with Jesus. The people who fish with nets know how amazing this story is. We have a hard time appreciating it, but it was a miracle. It was a miracle. And that's, that's what they knew. The fishermen knew that. This doesn't just, this just doesn't happen. And so, I wonder, do you believe in miracles? As you think about God, and this miracle really doesn't surprise us. I mean, we come to this part in our text, and you didn't say, wow, look at that, a bunch of fish, it was a miracle. I, I've never heard Jesus do that before. Uh, no, it's just another miracle. And you say, yep, that's another miracle Jesus did, because you see the Bible through eyes of faith. You believe that Jesus heals the blind. You believe that He makes the deaf to see and the lame to run. You believe that He raises the dead. And he did all those things. He, he calmed the storm and, and did all the miracles and, and fed the multitude. Well, the same miracle maker is at work with Peter filling the nets with fish. And this morning, however, I want to take you on an expedition, a fishing expedition with Jesus. Okay? Um, we have up on the screen here, and I'll, for those listening on the on the uh, radio, I'll try to describe the screens as much as possible, but um, always there's something left uh, in translation when you're trying to describe it versus seeing it. But I want to take you on a, on a fishing trip, an expedition with Jesus, so we consider our theme, fishing with Jesus. Um, Jesus loves fishing for people. And, and we don't think about that. We don't think about, you know, that picture, that image of what it takes to go fishing, and what it takes to attract the fish. Um, and so Jesus takes His Word, and He casts the Word out there, and He's hoping that as He casts the Word out there about sin and about grace, someone will bite. That somebody out there will say, I wonder what that's all about. And He tosses His promises out there because in the end, Jesus is a rabbi, a teacher. And in the end, that's all Jesus wants to do. He wants to sit down and he wants to teach the people. As a matter of fact, that's what he'd been doing. He'd been sitting in the boat and the people were on the shore and he was teaching them. He was casting out the net. He was trying to catch the people, trying to lure them to his side, trying to lure the sin away from them so that the sin would be off of them and be put on him so that he could be their savior. He was trying to get them to hear the message. I'm the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. 
And so there Jesus is with the Holy Spirit teaching us who we are, teaching us what sin is, teaching us uh, how we, what we need to do to be saved. And so he also teaches us that we're supposed to go out and be sent. How to live for Jesus. God's word brings people into his kingdom. He's fishing for people. And in the church, we're always looking for more ways, more ways to be able to go out and, and get his word out there. Get the word out there through the radio. Get the word out there. Teach people about the kingdom of God so that more people can hear and hopefully more come. Jesus says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And of course, that's what he told his disciples. But the devil has, has a, a different idea. Satan He's also fishing for, for souls, and he's fishing for souls to destroy. He wants people to fall away from God, and then as Satan is doomed in the fires of everlasting hell, he wants the souls to follow him and to be destroyed too. And so that's what he's doing. He wants people to turn from God. He wants the people to follow their own sinful desires and to fall into temptation that will make them feel guilty before God, so guilty that they can't sit in the pew and feel comfortable worshiping God because they're just too guilty. There's just too many sins. And the pastor keeps picking on them. And so instead of saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn from my sin, I'm going to seek God's forgiveness, I'm going to change my life, people say, I can't stand the heat. And Satan's got him, hook, line, and sinker, as he draws him away from hearing of God's word. There we go. And so there's a picture of Satan in the fire as he's trying to brew something up for you. The Bible says you have to be careful because the devil is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So be alert, be awake. But most of the world isn't, and the devil's out there, and they don't think they have an enemy, and they don't think they're being devoured. They don't think there's any danger, but there's great danger, isn't there? And the world doesn't see the danger, and so they are falling into prey. They're being devoured by the great predator. And of course, that's what the devil does. I want you to consider this story. Uh, about fishing, about little Seymour. But before we do, I want you to consider how, what, how fishing works. I mean, what is a, how does a lure work? And again, remember Mark Gherkin, he said, you know, this is the part where you can help. How, how does a lure work? Yeah, it, it, it works because a fish sees it and he thinks it's real food, right? So what does a lure do? It entices the fish. It attracts the fish. It interests the fish. What kind of power does Satan have to lure us into sin? How does he lure people away from God? How does he lure people away from the Bible? How does he lure people away from the truth? There's all kinds of ways. There's doubt. There's fear. There's uncertainty. There's sin, there's desires that 
make you not want to walk in the ways of the Lord. And the ways of the devil, the ways of darkness seem so alluring, so appealing. And I wonder, can we be freed from the lure of sin? Is there a solution? These temptations have power over us, but we're supposed to be calling people into the church away from this danger, away from this alluring of Satan. Now, I'm going to tell you a story here, uh, a story about Seymour. And Seymour was a fish. Apparently, uh, he's a a red snapper. And uh, Seymour loved to swim in the wide open sea. He loved exploring and he loved, uh, you know, searching the waters and and just doing all kinds of stuff. Um, Again, one day, Seymour found the most beautiful thing, one of the most beautiful things he'd ever seen. It was a lure, and he didn't know what it was, but it sure looked appealing, and so he followed it. And he followed it, and he followed it, and it, and it danced, and it, and, it, and it did such beautiful things, things that he had not seen before. Oh, how he wanted it. Little did Seymour know, however, that the lure belonged to a fisherman, and again, the fisherman represents the devil. There's the devil. He pops up. The fisherman wanted to lead poor little Seymour away. Seymour wasn't aware, though. The fisherman, Satan, had bad plans for Seymour. It wasn't going to be a good day for the little fish. But Seymour could not resist the beautiful, shiny food. He couldn't stay away, so he took the big bite out of that delicious-looking bait, and he got caught. Seymour realized that the lure was a trick. It was too late. He was now in the hands of the fisherman, and the evil fisherman prepared to thrust his fillet knife into Seymour. Doesn't look good for Seymour. When suddenly, about that moment, another fish flopped into the boat. And the fish said, take me instead. Punish me instead. Let me die for you instead. And of course, that fish is Jesus as he dies on the cross. And that allowed Seymour uh, to live another day. You know, as we talk about fishing, we go through all this thing, and in our text we see Jesus teaching Peter and teaching his disciples about not just catching fish, but catching people. And so here you have the carpenter teaching the fishermen, and these guys are pros, they're professional fishermen. They know how to fish, and Jesus says, why don't you go out into the deep and cast out your nets? And most fishermen would say, listen, the carpenter doesn't know anything about fishing. <laughs> Let's just ignore him. But Peter, he'd seen the carpenter at work. And even though the carpenter may not have known anything about fishing, the carpenter was God. And so Peter responds, Master, we've worked all night out there, and we haven't caught anything. But because you said it, we'll go out there and we'll let down our nets. Peter trusted Jesus. He believed in the words of God, just like you believe in the words of God, just like you trust in Jesus. And so, we believe God's promises to be true, and so did Peter, but we have them written 
in the pages of the Bible. And so the Bible is our textbook. The Bible is what we need to be teaching people, the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. It's the bait. It's the bait. Yeah. And the Word of God is like the lure, and the lure to save sinners, to draw people in. And so we're charged to fish for men. And because the Holy Scripture says, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. That's why the Bible's there. That's why we study all these stories in Epiphany about His miracles, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, and by believing you may have life in His name. Peter and the others listened to Jesus. And our text says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And it took every ounce of strength they had just to bring the nets into the boat and get all the fish into the boats. And once they did, even, even the boats were sinking. Can you believe that? Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe miracles can happen? Do you believe God can use you to go fishing? Do you believe there's a harvest of fish out there of, of people? Oh, my dear Christian friends, of course you believe in miracles. God has been working miracles in your life ever since you were conceived. He's given you air and food and shelter and clothing. He's watched over you as you developed. He, he is the one who the Bible says, and you believe it created the oceans and, and, and the rivers and the streams and the lakes, and He filled them with fish. These beautiful creatures. They're the beautiful creatures that the Lord Jesus that day, that He made a swarm of them swim into their nets. Yes, you believe in miracles. The same Jesus who made the fish swim into the nets of the disciples is the same Savior who died on the cross, who died on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven. He's the same Savior. And you believe, you believe that Jesus gave His life, that He paid the price with His blood, that every sin that you've ever committed was placed on Him. And that He was punished for all your sins. And there's no sin left for you. There's no more punishment left for you. And so you're in good standing with the Lord. You believe that all your sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus and Jesus just flopped into your boat. And He said, here I am, take me instead. And that's why He died. That's why He took upon Himself our sin. That's why He took upon Himself our punishment. And He did it so you and I can stand before God righteous and holy without sin. However, we have a problem. People aren't going to listen to that, are they? They aren't going to listen to that. So, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the message of the cross is foolishness to unbelievers. This whole Jesus thing doesn't make any sense to them. They don't see that they're already hooked. They don't see they're in danger. 
They don't see the darkness because they don't understand the light. And the message of the light is foolishness to them. And unbelievers, well, they're kind of like the skeptical fishermen. Unbelievers are like fishermen who chuckle and they joke about deep water fishing. (laughs) Cast our nets out in the deep water. There's no fish out in the deep water in the middle of the day. (laughs) And they don't see the power of God. They don't understand the power of God. They don't understand the miracle of God. They don't understand the grace of God because it's foolishness to them. However, the same Jesus who guided the fish into the nets of the disciples, the same Jesus who is a miracle worker, and He's still Lord of His church, and He's still fishing for people, and He's still doing His work, and He's still casting out and actively seeking the lost, and He does it through you and for me, and He's the one who directs people into His church, the pure teaching of His Word, calling people and making them realize their sins so that they need a Savior. Oh, Lord, I'm broken. Oh, Lord, I can't stand without you. That's what Peter did. Peter watched this miracle happen. And when he saw the net full of fish, he knew it was a miracle. He knew he was standing in the presence of the Almighty God. He was terrified. He was immediately overwhelmed by his sinful nature, by his shame. And Peter saw the catch of fish. And when he did, he said, he fell, at his, he fell on his knees at Jesus and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. I'm sinful and I'm unclean. In the Old Testament lesson, we saw the same thing happen to Isaiah. All of a sudden, he had a vision. And he had a vision of an angel, and the angel was in heaven, and, and he saw the Jesus sitting on his throne, and the seraph, the fiery angel, of course, uh, said, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and it sounded like the, the walls shook. Heaven and earth is full of his glory. And Isaiah was overwhelmed by the vision. He, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm ruined. Woe is me. I live among a people of unclean lips, and we're all undone. And my eyes have seen the Lord God Almighty. In the vision, Isaiah sees one of these angels, these seraphim, take a burning coal from the altar, and he takes it with tongs, and he puts it on the lips of Isaiah. And then the angel gives him this comforting message. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt has been taken away. Your sin has been atoned for. You see, it's God who atones for sin. God covers the sin. God pays for the sin. In the blood of Jesus. He removes our sin because He is the one who died in our place. Who saves sinners. Now, we can't do anything. We can't help Him out. He had to die for us. He had to do all the work. All we can do is say, Lord, what can I do for you? And like Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. I can't do anything to make my salvation work, but I can. I can share the message. I can be willing to talk to somebody about it. Here am I. 
send me. And that's what Isaiah did, didn't he? He was undone. He felt completely unworthy. And he was terrified. And he was scared. And Peter was scared. And that's what happens to us. We get scared. God can't send me. I don't know what to say. God can't send me. I don't know what to do. And Peter was scared. And Isaiah was scared. And what did Jesus tell Peter? Do not fear. I'm the Lord of the church. I'm the miracle worker. You do your work. Do not be afraid. But fear is natural. And fear is natural. However, when we trust in Jesus, we know our past is forgiven. We know He equips us. He's removed our sins. We cannot fail in the blood of Christ. And so we step forward in faith. Here am I. Send me. So make a plan of action. Who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to visit with? Jesus told Peter and all the disciples, from now on you'll be catching men. Who are you going to talk to? I want you to look at this. Here you've got a fishing pole, and of course, you've got the lure. And you've got God's Word, because God's Word is like a lure. So it's sharing God's Word with the people. Sharing your story. Sharing who Jesus is. And of course, our job these days and these last days is not to lure people in with all kinds of bait and switch. You know, come to church with this program and, and you know, we'll get you in here. And once we get you in here, then we, we're going to trap you. <laughs> no, it's, there, there's no flashy programs. There's no marketing tools that pulls in the crowds. It's just simple. Our job is to love people. Love people and to lower the net. Love people and to bring the Word of God into their lives. Our job is to believe the words of Jesus. To go fishing for people. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.